At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is the Nightcap with Tim Murray and Super Bowl champion Sean King on VSIN, the sports betting network. As Sean King would say, never in doubt. Empty netter with 20 seconds to go. My guy. Over 13 and a half comes home after two periods. Eight to six, the final. The Colorado Avalanche take care of the Edmonton Oilers in game one of the Western Conference Finals. That's Sean King. I'm Tim Murray. And to break down this shenanigans that we just saw, we bring in our good friend Todd Furman. Check out the Bet the Board podcast, also part of CBS Sports HQ. Uh, Todd, you've you've been behind the counter. You've since moved to the other side of the counter. But let's go back to your old days at Caesars. What are you making this number, this total for Game Two between the Oilers and the Abs? It's to open at seven. You're going to juice the over. You're going to wait to see where the first bet comes in. If they're running to try and bet this thing over, you begrudgingly go to seven and a half and shade it to the under. And most likely you'll be talking about a side price very close to where this game opened, not where it closed, because you did see Colorado in game one open right around $1.70, close upwards of $1.92, depending on the shop. I think given the 0-1 deficit and the momentum that Edmonton built, you'll see this number open up in that $1.75-$1.80 range. Well, I'll say this, Todd. If uh, Mike Smith is back in goal, you can't make it high enough. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you know what, Sean? We said the same thing last round against Calgary, and then Mike Smith stood tall, albeit he didn't exactly put on a goaltending clinic on the same level as Andre Vasilevsky or Igor Shesterkin, but did lead the Oilers to four straight wins. And, guys, for the third time in as many series, Edmonton finds themselves down 0-1. Let's see if history can repeat itself again, uh, because we clearly have seen this Oilers firepower on full display. But this is a different beast going up against Colorado than trying to go toe-to-toe with the Kings and Flames like we saw in the first two rounds. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, Todd. I just bought the new hockey game for PS5, and you know how you can play levels. Calgary on offense is like the beginner level. Uh, Colorado on offense is slightly more talented and skilled. But anyway, that game is over. The game that everybody cares about, at least me, (laughs) is lightning at the Rangers tomorrow. Talk me through what you anticipate in this series. 
Yeah, I think this one is fascinating for a variety of reasons, because when you look at the way Tampa was playing down the stretch of the regular season and even how they were priced last round against the Florida Panthers, oddsmakers didn't give them a whole heck of a lot of respect. Now suddenly in the wake of a 4-0 series sweep, despite not potentially having Braden Point, at least for game one, we'll see when he re-enters the mix for Tampa, they are an overwhelming $1.80 favorite on the road at Madison Square Garden. Interestingly enough, and you can't put too much stock in regular season matchups, Igor Shesterkin has to be brimming with confidence, not just because of how well he played throughout the Carolina series, but in three games against Tampa this year, went 3-0, and had a save percentage of shade below 96%, and a goals against average of 1.3. The incredible part about this, it's the antithesis in terms of what we saw tonight as far as goaltending is concerned. Shesterkin and Andre Vasilevsky have been two of the best in terms of stopping goals above expected so far this postseason. So, Todd, I have my uh, secret information senders in Tampa, and (laughs) allegedly Point will not be available game one and two for the Rangers. However, they are holding out hope that he can be available game three when they get back to Tampa. My next question is, which Tampa are we going to see? You know, the game they decided to play versus the Maple Leafs was offensively aggressive, it was uh, creative. It was taking a lot of chances to try and put up goals. And then they came back in Florida and played a much more conservative, defensive first type of, of scheme. What do you anticipate versus the Rangers? Yeah, I think John Cooper with nine days to prepare will have this team ready to basically slow down the Rangers' power play. We've seen from the Rangers all season long that when you play them five-on-five, they're at a major disadvantage. Now, I know this is a group brimming with confidence. We've seen Chris Kreider get going offensively. Mika Banajad was arguably the best offensive player and most consistent that they had against Carolina. But I think the Lightning have been here and done that, and they know they don't want to go out there and try and win track meet hockey. They're perfectly comfortable trying to grind out wins in that 3-2-2-1 type situation. And when you look at their roster for from top to bottom, the main reason that they've started to experience success is, as you know all too well, Sean, that third line paid dividends in each of the last two Stanley Cup runs, and you're starting to see glimpses of that with Nick Paul buying into the Tampa Bay Lightning culture, Brandon Hagel as well. Uh, I think Tampa wants to take a defensive posture and is going to be more than happy to try and get the first goal and take the life uh, out of the New York Rangers, especially the air in the building, since it's been a fortress for the Rangers so far this postseason at MSG. Talking once again to Todd Furman. You can follow him on Twitter at Todd Furman. Check out the podcast, Bet the Board, and of course on CBS Sports HQ. Uh, he'll 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 break down some NASCAR for you if you're Ooh. into that sort of thing too. There, Sean. But uh, we'll, we'll stick to the to the stick and puck right now. Uh, and you mentioned you know kind of taking the life out of out of the arena. Well, let's look at that first period total tomorrow. It's one and a half. Uh, you can find it. At uh, let's just say it's it's you know even both ways because Westgate uh, is even both ways right now and there's some other spots there. Would you look towards an under the Rangers against the Hurricanes at least in those last couple of games of that series, Todd? We're getting some early goals. What's your expectation of the first 20 minutes tomorrow? You know, I would lean under the total, but I'm not extremely bullish on that. I think this is the kind of game where it could be 1-1 at the end of 20, and it could be the next goal that ultimately wins the hockey game. To your point, you know, even when those games are going under against Carolina, you did see the Rangers really take advantage of some early power play opportunities, potted two in Game 7, a similar storyline developed in Game 6. And the one thing that you have to be slightly concerned about for Tampa, even though they have been there and had extended layoffs in the past, nine days is a lot of time. 
time. And as Sean can attest to, professional athletes are creatures of habit. So when you're playing as well as Andre Vasilevsky was, sometimes getting this kind of extended rest isn't always a good thing. When you haven't seen live game action, you're trying to figure out how to track the puck through traffic again and get yourself back into that positive mindset along the same lines. You know, do the Rangers benefit immensely from basically running it right back 48 hours later after going to the seventh game for the second straight series. I can see it going a variety of ways early. I feel more comfortable, though, going under the total at five and a half and would encourage people, if they like that, to bet it tonight because I wouldn't be shocked if we're talking about that total closing five and a half under minus $1.20 across the board. Yeah, there's some minus 115s out there, but certainly available uh, at even juice, uh, at, at fair juice, minus 110 both sides at five and a half as we talk to Todd Furman. So when you look at tomorrow's game, we'll get to the series, and we actually have an updated series price on the Oilers and Avs we'll get to in just a moment, Todd. Uh, but tomorrow, if you know, if there was a bet out there, would it be under five and a half? Would it be, you know, Rangers at home, Lightning laying a short price? What, what, what would be something that seems advantageous to you tomorrow night? Yeah, the closest thing for me to a bet right now would be going under five and a half. Uh, I actually went under five and a half for a small position late in nickel uh, to try and do so. Still don't think you've lost a ton of value, obviously, with the five cent move across the board. The side is interesting, and the reason I say that is because when you look at Tampa for the series at minus $1.80, more or less the consensus, you have the opportunity, if you do indeed think Tampa's the side, to bet them in game one, you know, kind of save 50 cents on the dollar there, and then come back over the top if they were to drop game one. If they win game one, then you can take a step back and kind of reassess from a game-to-game mentality, more so than trying to tie up funds uh, for the best of seven series. Now, Todd, I'm an aggressive better, so, you know, I like to go for <laughs> value. You don't say, Sean. You I'm don't all say. over lightning puck line tomorrow. <laughs> I think, as you mentioned, Coop will have the perfect strategy. They'll be fresh. Normally, this time off, I think, would be a detriment, but to a team that's older, who looked at times like they needed some rest to get into the training room, to rehab, to, to really get their legs under them. I think it's an advantage for the Lightning. So, so I do think that they come out, they play a heck of a game in game one. I think it took the Rangers, in my estimation, till game five in the Hurricane series before I thought they really started to skate more freely and get comfortable with what Carolina was trying to do against them. So does that make sense? You know, it's a little bit of a tricky proposition only because I'm making a case for the under so you don't have a ton of wiggle room when you're laying a puck and a half unless you're looking for Vasty to pitch a shutout or hold the Rangers to one goal, which is a distinct possibility. But when you look at how Igor Shesterkin played, and I'm not going to compare Tampa offensively to where Carolina was, really struggling to create chances specifically with the man advantage, the max output that we saw from the Hurricanes in their best of seven series against the Rangers was three goals. So if you're talking about Tampa manufacturing three goals in this spot it just doesn't give you a ton of breathing room there so for me knowing that they're only minus a dollar to a dollar 25 i'd probably be more inclined to go that way or maybe even split a position back in tampa on the money line and looking to take that slightly more favorable payout laying a puck and a half knowing that if tampa won by a goal the worst case is a break-even scenario all right let's uh, jump back to what we just saw eight to six the final colorado beating edmonton we're talking to todd Furman. so uh you're pretty much on point uh right now uh, I'll, I'll just use Circa's line. Colorado minus 174, Edmonton plus 158, the over 7.5, juice, uh, juice to the over at minus 125. And then a series price, Todd, of Oilers plus 350, Avs minus 435. I'm kind of putting you on the spot. I know you like to run your numbers, so I don't know what your adjusted series price would be. But seeing how this game played out, 
and you know the feeling of how this series could ultimately unfold. Is the Oilers at plus 350 anything that could intrigue you, or would it be a stay away right now based off of what we just saw? No, it's definitely intriguing, and the main reason behind that is because there's going to be an injury that we'll keep tabs on between now and Game 2, and that, of course, is to Avalanche starting goaltender Darcy Kemper. I know Pavel Francois came in, filled in admirably, but Kemper leaving that game in an inauspicious situation. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. You know, talking to head coach Jared Bednar leads me to believe it's a shoulder or it's a potential concussion. He did take a couple off the noggin early in the game. So if Kemper is out... I don't think it's a massive drop-off to Francois, but I think it gives Edmonton reason to believe that, hey, look, we've been here, we've done that. All we need to do is split the first two games of the series and head home. And despite losing 8-6, I think Edmonton's the one that comes away from tonight feeling like they had a moral victory, which is tough to say this time of year. But I do think the oil are extremely live at plus 340, plus 350, if that number ultimately emerges. And as I'm looking at it now, guys, plus 360, you know, if you shop around a little bit, the best number I see in town. Todd, appreciate the instant analysis, man. We'll talk Great to you stuff, soon. Great stuff, Todd. Always a pleasure, gents. Enjoy the rest of the NHL playoffs. There he is. Todd Furman. It's a nightcap here on BC. This is the nightcap on VSN, the sports betting network. The MLB season is in full swing, and you can play ball with the Peacock MLB Sunday Leadoff Challenge. Just draft your players and compete for free for up to $10,000 in prizes. Visit DraftKings.com Peacock for more information. Don't just, want, don't just watch your shows. Peacock them. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. It is the nightcap here on VEASAN alongside Sean King. I am Tim Murray. You know, Jason, Scott's producer, Mm -hmm. by the way, always check out The Look Ahead every single night after our show. Great stuff from Scotty. Jason gave us the thumbs down just a little bit ago. He could have knocked on the window, said, it's time, Well, he didn't like the value. He was waiting for the value to get greater. Now we're, I'm cheering for him. But, but we were in the middle of a segment. That's true. Yeah. Could I mean, he could have. There's ways. He could have thrown like a piece of paper at he us. He could have opened the door. What's the guarantee? <laughs> 166. All right. So we, are, we, are, we didn't get in, but we're now cheering for uh, Scott's producer, Jason. 
as he rocked. Uh, he's rocking and rolling with the Dodgers in-game. Mm-hmm. See, it's good vibes day, right? It is. It's my, all good vibes. My in-game came right. home. He's got to get the Dodgers to come back. We need Jason to get his Dodgers to come home here, down 4-2. to two. He got him plus 166 against the Pirates. My ginger brother, Justin Turner, at the plate. So we're we're pulling for Jason. Uh, Aaron Oster, uh, he hit his... He had the over pre-flop in the Oilers-Avs game, maybe mm-hmm. the easiest bet of his life. And now we just need Sean to get a little love here with uh, with the Brew Crew. Yeah, in Wrigley, love. top of the eighth, need two runs. So uh, hopefully uh, hopefully Andrew McCutcheon, this thing would come all full circle. I don't think if, he's playing. He They've gone through the lineup, I don't, I don't think, think he's he playing. Either. But he'll come maybe, up. Maybe pinch it. He'll come up and pitch it. He's coming through tonight. <laughs> I feel it. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I feel like Phil Collins. I can feel it in the air. Ooh. Yeah. Great song, by the way. Such a good song. Isn't that what um, Ray Lewis used to come out to that? Well, that's what in uh, in The Hangover, that's what he was he was singing when, yeah. he, when he punched out. Uh, what's yeah. So. <laughs> oh, man. It's been a fun night for a Tuesday. We've got the NBA Finals on Thursday. Um we got more hockey thoughts coming up bottom of the hour. We're going to head down to Sean's land, the land of Tampa. Yeah, man. Uh, we're going to talk to... The land of Lord Stanley. That is true. Uh, they are the current occupants of Lord's Stanley Cup. Uh, and we will talk more about that. Um, real quickly, just coming off of chatting with um, chatting with Todd Furman. So the Westgate Superbook has now reposted mm-hmm. the series price at Oilers plus 360. Would you dabble Oilers plus 360? No. Mike Smith is terrible. <laughs> well, Kemper's hurt. He's not even good either, but the guy. Kaskinen actually looked pretty good. I, I'd yeah. be curious to see what ultimately. What the, was the score when Kemper went out? 7-3? Yeah, 7-3. And it ended up 8-6? Yeah. <laughs> and the last goal was an empty netter? No, but I'm talking about Edmonton ended up with 6. So he scored 3 on him too. I know. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. When Kemper went out, the backup. If they change goalies, and go goalers, with Nico then yes, I'll probably I would jump to 360. But if Mike Smith is in goal, no. I feel like you got to roll with Koskinen right now, right? Yeah. Mike Smith gave up a goal from the other goal, a shot that originated from the other end of the ice. This is true. From in front of the goalie, and tried to blame others. Yeah. So it. I mean, after that, I really can't roll with Buddy. Can we uh, can we just pull up the uh, the goal sheet again? I want to I want to I want to run through this uh, for people who bet some goal props today. All right, Leon Drysital. It's a tough beat. He did not score. I believe he had three assists. Let's see, Drysital tonight. He had two assists, so no love there. Miko Ratnan. He also oh he scored. So check mark ding. Uh, Nathan McKinnon. He scored ding. Connor McDavid. A.K.A. Connor McJesus, he scored ding. Evander Kane, he scored ding. Gabriel Landeskog, he scored ding. Zach Hyman, he scored ding. Nazem Kadri, he scored. If you're looking at, if you're watching with us on vcin.com, that's seven YouTube, of eight. Seven of the first eight props to score a goal, all scored, all were plus money. And four of the seven were 150 or higher. Plus 150 <laughs> or higher, so... Did anybody on the right side score a goal? Um, yes, uh, JT Homeford. Oh, that's plus 300. Oh, you came up. He scored. Uh, I don't know what. Um, I'm sure they had a prop. They should have a field. On Nugent Hopkins, I'm sure they had one, and I'm sure he scored. They just 
when we put these graphics up, we can only put so many up. We can't just put up the entire list. So if, you know, you were going into this game, and I, I doubt highly anyone out there was just like, yeah, give me all of them. Maybe they did. I don't know. But <laughs> they made think money about, if they did. Think about that. On the left side, the seven, the eight goal scorers, seven of them scored. Ratnan, McKinnon, McDavid, Kane, Landeskog, Hyman, Kadri, all scored. The only guy who did not score was actually the odds-on favorite to score. It was, it was an odds-on favorite to score tonight was Leon Dreisaitl, as he does not find the end of the net, back in the net. He does score two. So if there was a, I don't know, a points prop, maybe over one and a half is something you looked at, you were able to score there. But my goodness, I mean, that's that's the type of giving tonight that was in this Oilers avalanche game. It was definitely like Christmas. My Lord. First period over, game over. In games over galore. So they scored five in the first. Yep. Six in the second. Only three, three in the third. Three in the third. Yep. Wow. Look at them. They got tight. Yeah. Three made, a period is nine. Made me sweat. Yeah. So, so a slow period. They put up three. They put up nine. Yeah. Three a period is nine. I don't know what they're going to do with this total pre-flop. It's seven. Seven minus, minus 110 either way? No. Juice to the over. What is it? Minus what? Uh, Depends on where you look. Uh, if you like the over, you can get as low as at DraftKings right now, minus 120. Get it deal. now. It's oh, going it, up. Oh, it's going up for sure. It'll be seven and a half. Do I you, tell you what I'm doing. Do you think we see an eight at some point in this series? That's I think they really, want to. Eight is really I high. think they want to. I think what hurts them if they go eight is the end game. A lot of people middling. Yeah. Because if you go eight, people are going to bet the under. Yes. And if it ends up being a low-scoring game, they're going to take over five and a half in-game. Because if you go, if the first period goes 0-0 by chance, or 1-0, then that total, then you're going to be able to find five and a half in-game. And now you not only get bombarded pre-flop, but you get middled as well. If I was them, I'd put it at nine and say, take your shots. Take your shots. But, but there's the thing, though. The public's still going to go over. You could hang like a 20 and the public's going over. I think about it. I know. The public's – this is the public series, man. This is – because, you know, in football and, and hoops, everyone – the public wants to play overs. I understand why. It's more fun to cheer for points and goals and runs. <laughs> <laughs> we will see. Maybe we'll get a one nothing game next uh, – in game two. Yeah, I'll bet. Cigar bet? No, no, I'm a oh. pa- I'll pass on that one. All right. I'm thinking about what our cigar Let's do this. I'll give you all three periods, and I'll say that there's not one period where there's – I'll take over one and a half. You take under one and a half. Why would I do that? You seem to think like the scoring is going to curtail slightly. Not really. I'm saying at some point it will, but I'm not going to be dumb enough to get in front of that freight train. Oh, It's like betting against – I to make, like it. It's, it's exciting. It, it's really exciting. And then tomorrow night – uh, we'll talk more about the Lightning Rangers. So, right now, what is your move on the Rangers? You're really or on the Lightning. You're going puck line tomorrow? Uh, yes. Ooh. I think the Lightning are going to show out tomorrow. And the Rangers just went seven games. So, even though they think they're in rhythm, I think the Lightning are a much different animal than the Hurricanes. As far as the amount of pressure they put on you, the a level of skill – that the shots come from and originate. And then we have an outstanding goalie. So they haven't played anybody with a goalie on Igor level. You think Frederick Anderson is the Hurricane starting goalie. He didn't play mm-hmm. in this series. So they were going against essentially a backup goalie 
and still didn't make a whole lot of leeway from a goal-scoring standpoint. So I, I like Tampa in this. I, I think Tampa gets it done. I, I, I see 4-1 type of game in game one. Then I think the Rangers will make some adjustments. They'll be more competitive after that. But I like Tampa to come out flying. I've heard practice has been excellent. Looking up something real quick. Mm-hmm. The Rangers have not knocking your I'm not knocking their uh you know Puckster Damas there, but the Rangers have excelled at home. So they lost the first game against Pittsburgh at home, and then they've have not lost a home game since. So they are six and one at home this postseason, six straight wins. And I think that home. loss was their first home game versus Pittsburgh. It right? was the triple overtime game to yep. start the postseason. They lost to Pittsburgh. They won game two, lost both games on the road, and then won three straight to close out the Pittsburgh Penguins. Tampa's the best team they've played by far. It's not even close. I agree. Yeah. Totally agree. All right, we will talk more about the Tampa Bay Lightning coming up bottom of the hour. We will head, uh, I don't know, maybe he's probably traveling to New York, but we will uh, will get the latest on the Lightning and Rangers series. Uh, We have a 7-7 game. We need some... Get some runs here yeah, for Sean. At least I'm on the top some side. Brewers. So here. I get all three outs. It is the nightcap. Come on back right here on Vison. This is the nightcap on Vison, the sports betting network. It is the nightcap here on VEASAN alongside Sean King, the pride of Tampa, Florida. I am Tim Murray. We have had a busy night on the ice. 14 goals scored in the Oilers and Avs game one with the Avs winning 8-6 to six, uh, to take a 1-0 series lead. It may take four games for this next to the Eastern Conference series to, to reach that point and to talk more about it and what to expect starting to my uh tomorrow night we head uh, to uh somewhere in the great city or state of New York uh, I believe in traffic <laughs> and we bring in Eric Erlison uh who is a lightning insider has been covering the team for over two decades uh, Eric we appreciate you jumping on with us uh let's start with and I know something Sean is uh, has been pondering uh the the status of Braden Point and the expectations for him uh in this series hey. Well, first of all, you know there were only, uh, what, 16 goals scored in four games in the Tampa Bay-Florida series. Yeah. So Colorado and, and uh, Edmonton matched that tonight. Um, yeah, Braden Point is a big question mark. Uh, he hasn't, uh, we haven't seen him on the ice since Game 7 against Toronto. Uh, getting information injury-wise from the team at this point of the year, you're better off stealing some goals from Fort Knox because you're just not going to get the kind of information you need on injured players right now. So we haven't seen him on the ice. It's not an encouraging sign. Uh, but they're not ruling them out. And uh, in years past, if players have had a type of injury, at least from Tampa Bay's perspective, that would keep them out, we would kind of get an indication about, hey, stop asking about this. Hey, you know, we would get some sort of read between the lines information. And we haven't gotten that. Um, so that's, uh, I guess, if you want to try and find some encouraging signs of a potential Braden Point return, maybe that's it. You know, Eric, one thing I think that hasn't been talked about is the job John Cooper did. When you look at strategically how the Lightning approached Toronto, aggressive, offensive, creative, know we have to outscore them. And then they made a complete 180 versus the Panthers, more conservative, defense-oriented. Let's make sure we shut them down 
What approach with this amount of time to prepare do you think the Lightning will utilize in this Rangers series? I think they're going to do the same approach, uh, especially if, if Braden Point can't play. I mean, that's a huge guy you take out of your lineup. He's been the league leader in goals at each of the last two postseasons. He got 28 postseason goals in the past two years and had that big game six overtime game-winning goal uh, against Toronto to extend that series to seven games. Uh, so I think they're going to take the same approach. Um, you know, defense, block shots, get in lanes. Don't let the Rangers speed. I mean, look, they, they clonked Chris Kreider, what, at 25 miles an hour last night on that goal uh, in the game against Carolina. That's some serious speed. Uh, so the only way to kind of slow the game down is to make sure that you don't allow the transition game. And that's where they were so masterful against Florida because Florida's strength is transition you know, create turnovers around the blue line and get your forwards going. They just did not allow the Panthers to do that. So I think it's going to be a little bit of the same approach, especially knowing with these two goalies, what kind of a series this is going to be. You're not going to get an 8-6 game in this series. I can promise you that. It's going to be a lot more 2-1, 3-2s. How important is Tampa's power play defense? It seemed like in the Carolina series, Rangers average at best in 5-on-1 situations, but they really excel when they were on the power play. Has John Cooper talked to you guys about that at all and how important that is in this series? Well, it's been a factor for them through the first two rounds, right? Like Toronto's power play was just deadly, and they only scored, I think, four or five goals, which sounds like it's a high amount for a seven-game series, but considering the amount of power play that Toronto had – and the amount of power play time and the, and the guys they had on that top unit that can whip the puck around, uh, they did a really good job of containing that power play unit. They really stifled Florida. They got the one power play goal uh, in game three, but besides that, they shut them down as well. And they're, they're going to have to do it again. You know, this Rangers power play was huge in that series against Carolina, especially last night in game seven uh, and getting the two early power play goals. Uh, you can't let top players like Zibanejad and Fox and Kreider um, you know, Panarin, you, you can't let them feel good about touching the puck. Uh, so you have to minimize the amount of time you give them on the power play to uh, limit the damage because the Rangers have a very good power play just as Florida did and just as Toronto did. And, and I think at the end of the day with these two teams both defending the way they can, um, whoever can win the special teams battle, because I don't expect a lot of special teams, but whoever can win that battle might have a, a big edge in the series. When people think about Tampa, you, you know the big names, Kucherov, Hedman, Stamkos, but guys like Colton and Perry and Palat, you know, have really stepped up those second and third lines. Who do you think is the, the most important piece of this lightning puzzle that's not one of the major stars? It's probably Nick Paul. Um, you know, he stepped up when Braden Point went down in game seven against Toronto. He had the two goals. He played nearly half the third period in protecting that lead, and he's really kind of taken off in this playoff since then he's he's on the ice in a lot of key situations he's taken a lot of key face-offs he's on the power play he's one of the first guys over the boards on the penalty kill um he's kind of emerged as one of their their players that they look to to close out games which maybe a month ago you weren't sure he was going to be able to do that it's you know one of those type of players that you you are aware of them when they're on, a, on another team but then you see them play on a nightly basis you realize what kind of contributions they can make and he scores obviously some huge goals against Toronto in Game 7, and uh, he's a guy that uh, you have to look for to maybe be that sort of X factor if it's not going to be the big guys contributing. That's one of the guys that they kind of have to look to. You can follow Eric on Twitter at Eric underscore Erlinson. That's E-R-L-E-N-D-S-S-O-N. Lightning Insider's been covering the Lightning for over two decades. LightningInsider.com. You know, Eric, when you look at 
Uh, how how do you expect this game to be played? You know, we joked about the goals that we saw today. Mm-hmm. I, I fully anticipate this to be drastically different. That's not going on a limb with these two goalies and, and the level that they're playing at. But you have seen the Rangers offense come to life a little bit here in these past, at least in the past couple games against Carolina. What is your expectation? The total here in Vegas is five and a half for game one. Are you expecting a, a lower scoring kind of feel it out type of process tomorrow night at Madison Square Garden? I, I absolutely feel that way. You, you've got a Rangers team who didn't even have 24 hours to kind of soak in the fact that they won that series. You know, they had to get on a plane get back home and 12 hours later, they were answering questions about the Eastern conference final. So they had a plane ride to kind of soak it all in, uh, you know, back to back seven game series. You know, you wonder what kind of juice they have for a game one. And then you've got Tampa Bay on the other side, who's been off for 10 days. You know, their last game was May 23rd. Um, and they took, they actually took four full days off during the stretch. They practiced four days. Um, you know, they needed the rest. Uh, John Cooper said that uh, all the years they've had these long playoff runs, this is the year they really needed uh, the extended rest because of how banged up they are. And you look at the, even though it was a four game series against Florida, they, they had a lot of guys banged up in that series. So uh, I would expect that game one is going to be a little bit of a, of a feeling out process here. Uh, and then you factor in the two goalies who are both playing exceptional right now. I, I think that just kind of lends itself to a low scoring game and not just in game one, I think for a good portion of the series. You know, in hockey, I tend to not think the regular season Matchups results matter, but this is a situation where the Rangers went three and zero versus the Lightning. Should we pull anything out of those results, and if so, what? I don't think you really can. Um, first of all, I'll let you know: in 2018, 2019, the Lightning swept Columbus and outscored them 17 to three in three regular season meetings. And we know what happened to Tampa Bay not winning a playoff game in round one against Columbus. And then in this case, in particular, against the Rangers. The first two meetings this year happened. One was on New Year's Eve. The other one was two nights later at Madison Square Garden. The Lightning were just getting over an outbreak of COVID. So Brian Elliott was the starter on New Year's Eve, and he hadn't seen the ice in about seven, eight days. Uh, They were out Anthony Sorelli. They were without uh, Andre Vasilevsky. You know, Vasilevsky played the second of those two games, but he hadn't seen the ice in almost two weeks in that case. So I don't know how much you can pull out of that one. Maybe we can look at the game later on in the season in March that was played in Tampa. It was 2-1 where the Rangers got a power play goal uh, in the final a couple of minutes and won the game with 16 seconds remaining. Uh, maybe that's probably the model. That was a 2-1 game, uh, which is what I expect. Uh, but I don't know how much you can pull out of you know the regular season. I mean, the hockey is just so different regular season versus postseason. And you know those first two meetings were you know five months ago. Uh, and, and the teams are in much different situations and the stakes are a little bit higher. So it, to me, it's all about what happened, uh, what's going to happen tomorrow night and how, how are the teams going to face off against you. They, look, the Lightning had plenty of time to prepare. Um, they actually prepared for both opponents for uh, the whole week, so they had to throw out half of the work they did over the past eight days and, and letting all the Carolina stuff slide by. But, um, yeah, it's uh, again, uh, New York plays a defensive style. They're much better defensively than they were earlier in the year in the additions that they made. Uh, and and uh, so that's why I, it's just going to be a different feel uh, for how things are going to go tomorrow night compared to what we saw in the regular season. All right, Eric, prediction time. We've got 45 seconds. We're talking to Eric Erlison. Uh, six straight wins for the Lightning uh, this postseason after feeling a million years ago when they were down 3-2 to Toronto. How do you see this series playing out? Well, it, it's going to be very tight. It's going to be very defensively minded uh, with the two goalies you've got. Um, you know, I, I know Shesterkin's played great. He's had a fantastic year. 
And uh, But there's not a series that Andre Vasilevsky goes into that he's not the guy you have to look to. And if you're looking at a series where two teams are evenly matched, look at the goaltending. Where's the difference? And I know Shosturkin's great. He's had a fantastic year. But I have to give the slight edge to Vasilevsky. And if I have to give the edge in goaltending to Tampa Bay, I have to give him the edge in the series. All right, there Great he is. Stuff, Eric, man. we appreciate it. Enjoy, enjoy New York. Enjoy that traffic there in New York. <laughs> I, I will try. I will do my best, guys. <laughs> Eric Erlison, great stuff from him. Uh, follow him on Twitter and head to the website, lightninginsider.com. It's the nightcap. This is the nightcap on VSN, the sports betting network. VEASAN's summer schedule is here. For only 39 bucks, you get everything VEASAN has to offer from now to the end of July. For the next few months, well, they're going to be filled with the best betting content in all the business right here at VEASAN.com. And subscribers will have access to all of it. That includes Adam Burke's daily MLB best bets, JVT, Jonathan Von Tobel. He'll have his best bets all the way through the NBA Finals and his Finals preview will be coming out tomorrow as well. Andy McNeil breaking out all the action on the ice all the way through the Stanley Cup Finals. Plus, we'll have plenty of NFL preseason action uh, to uh, get you prepared for UFC, golf, whatever you want, we've got it. And if you want that full VEASAN experience, which includes a daily best bets email, every edition of Point Spread Weekly, use of our betting tools and a live video stream whenever you want it, cost only 39 bucks to be a subscriber through July. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare first sign up now vcin.com slash summer it is an icap here on vcin it is how you doing i'm good that's good to talk to eric eric's good dude Good insight. Yeah, and... really good dude. I hope they enjoy New York. That's such a, like, I mean, different city from Tampa. That that environment tomorrow night will be will be incredible. And they're at the Garden, right? That's what, yep. yeah. It'll be great. It'll be good for the guys. Yeah. Get up there and hush, hush, some Ranger faithful. So you like, you're going lightning puck line. Yes. But do you like the under or no? If you're playing puck line with a total that low, it's probably... So if you're going to push me, I'm taking the under in this series, just like I'm taking the over in the other series. Yeah. Especially considering Eric said they want to play a Florida Panther type of game, especially without Braden Point. That makes sense because he's the most athletic. He's the fastest, 
you know, most energetic skater of the group. Stamkos, Kucherov, all those guys are just as skilled, but he's got the younger, faster, more explosive legs. So it makes sense. But I do like Tampa to win tomorrow. I think I'm going to play a all-Florida two-teamer. And I'm going to go Rays and Lightning. Okay. My two plays tomorrow. All right. We will uh, we'll get to plays a little bit later on in the hour. Patrick Everson, our good friend. P.E. Uh, will join us top of the hour. Have the books responded to everything that's been going on, the NBA Finals, early action. So a lot to get to with Patrick Everson. Uh, once again, earlier tonight, Colorado winning 8-6. to six. Uh, So the easiest over you may ever have in your <laughs> life uh, came home tonight yes, in Colorado did. winning on the puck line. So they take a 1-0 series lead. Uh, what's been interesting, at least here at Circa, a little buyback on that adjusted series price. Open 350 down to 340, uh, but you could still get 360. Uh, it is still out there if you like the Oilers after dropping game one. Well, this came out over the weekend here at Circa, Sean, as we pivot a little bit to some NFL. Adjusted win totals. So everywhere you look, or most places you look, have your normal win totals. But if you're feeling a little bullish on a team, whether you think you want to fade them or follow them, Circa is is your place to shop. So we have some alt-win totals for the NFC. We'll focus mainly on the NFC today. I have a feeling I know where you're going here, Sean, but what is one that jumps out at you on the alt-win total? Well, I mean, the best quarterback in the NFC East this year will be Carson Wentz. So I'm going Commanders over nine, plus 220. Oh, that looks like free money. So I feel like – I play the eight and the alt high too. There's a little – I feel like there's a little trolling aspect. No, I'm serious. I mean, exciting times there for Washington. Let me just point out what they've missed, what they're missing. So they lost Brandon Sheriff, all-pro guard, Mm -hmm. and Eric Flowers. Yeah, Brandon's old. So they replace them with older guards. You do realize that, right? Yeah, but they're new to Washington. They're not tainted. That that makes no sense. They're not tainted. Andrew Norwell and Trey Turner replace Brandon Sheriff and Eric Flowers. Basically got the same thing. They drafted – I mean, that's – come on. Can you – can we talk seriously? So it wasn't like this offensive line was some kind of strength of the team. I know, and it got worse. Not really. It's about the same. How? Like, either your offensive line's elite or it's NFL. I mean, how can you say you lose, you replace quality players with older guys? Trey Turner's a quality player. He's older. Yeah, I know, but still. I mean, Shaq Mason's going to Tampa. He's replacing Ali Marpet, pro bowler. Okay, and that means their offensive line has got worse. About the same. So, you look Guards aren't as significant as tackles. Yeah, and they're... Their tackles are nothing to write yeah. home about. But you also, Leno. you also go from a young, inexperienced quarterback, even though I do like Taylor Heineke, I think he has a chance still to be successful in this league, to an older veteran guy with a whole lot to prove in Carson Wentz. I'm just telling you, the version of Carson Wentz you're going to see this year, I think is going to impress people. And I think now's a good time to buy Commodore stock. I mean, I'm looking at the schedule. You, can, they you get, call, can you call him by the correct name and not Vanderbilt? Commander, my bad, Commander. Commodore is so much easier to say. Commanders, I got to think. Maybe about they'll that. be like the Commodores and they'll win three games. Yeah. Look, I do think Washington is improved. Well, they they'll open improve. the year with the Jags, then the Lions. Better start two and zero. Yeah. Better start two and zero. Things will start to unravel quickly. They'll but, at least be five hundred through the first six. Probably four and two, five and one, but at least three hundred. 
500? Yeah, at least. Because I see Jags, Lions, Bears. You know, Now you knock off one of Eagles, Cowboys, Titans, none of which I think are elite. You're sitting at four and two. I mean, halfway through, halfway to the eight, which is the standard win total, you know, after the first six games. You know, in the alt win total, you're almost halfway there. Then you still got Texans, Falcons, Giants twice. Like, I mean, I, I like it. Okay. Yeah. I don't. They beat the Bucks last year. So, I mean, they're capable, too, uh, of beating some of the upper echelon teams. I'm just – that's the one that jumps out to me. Okay. This is based on what version of Carson Wentz I think the NFL is going to get this year. Um, one that jumps out to me is under nine wins for the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, I am high on the Eagles. I am. I think Washington is improved. I don't think they'll win the division, but I think they are improved. Uh, hopefully, you see something more from Chase Young coming off of injury last year. Uh, you know that defense was terrible last season, and that was all that people people could talk about was that defense. I mean, the good thing is their defensive coordinator staying busy tweeting. Uh, at at haters on Twitter, which is always a positive sign. <laughs> but I do think Dallas, I don't know how they improved themselves this offseason. They didn't. They lost Randy Gregory. They had to trade away Amari Cooper because of salary cap situations. Because of that, they re-signed Mac- Michael Gallup. He's going to be out the first, what, five, six weeks mm-hmm. due to a torn ACL. Uh, Dalton Schultz is uh, under the franchise tag. They'll probably work out a, a long-term deal there. Uh, they went out and got the... Uh, tackle uh, Smith from uh, Tulsa, who you're not a big believer in. Especially not in year one. So I just, I have a lot of questions. I know they won the division last year. I know they won 12 games. Open up against the Buccaneers and Bengals. You you talked about Washington's schedule, right? I mean, it was, I'm not going to say gift wrap because I do think the Lions are improved and the Jaguars are improved from what they were. But still, Washington's going to be a favorite in their first two games of the season. Dallas is an underdog against the Buccaneers. I think they're a favorite against the Bengals, but that's still the defending, you know. Who got much better. AFC champs. That first run there, the Giants on the road, winnable game certainly. Commanders, I think they're improved at home, at the Rams, at the Eagles. Look, week seven, week eight. Hold on, before you go there, if the Commanders and the Eagles are as good as you and I think they're going to be, because as high as I am on the Commanders, you're the same way on the Eagles. Dallas could be one and five through six. I mean, I only see the Giants game where they don't have to play A1 football to get a win. If the Eagles are as good as you think, and if the Commanders are as good as I think. So when you look at the Dallas Cowboys depth chart right now, um, I have some serious questions about, all right, who is their second receiver, Sean? Right? You've got injury concerns with Michael Gallup for the first handful of weeks. They went out and drafted the kid from, uh, was it South Alabama, Jalen Tolbert? You like him. Mm -hmm. Good player. But is he ready to be the number two option? I mean, you're bringing in Tyler Smith. He bumps inside to guard, but he's a day one starter probably for the Cowboys. So there could be some learning curve there. There, You know, I I just, I, I think there's some concerns there. Like we mentioned, Randy Gregory lost in free agency. That was a kind of a disaster there. So, I think under nine wins, I mean, once again, under nine wins would mean they, they have an under 500 record. So that is that is a bit of a stretch. I think under 10 is, is more comfortable. I could certainly see this being a 9-8 and eight football team. But under nine wins, you're getting two, you know, plus 200. Here's what scares me about Dallas, and it has nothing to do with uh, offense. 
Dallas led the league last year with 26 interceptions. Mm-hmm. And they ran five of them back, which led the league. So much of their success was based on turning the other team over. That is going to regress back to the norm. So now they'll be more dependent on the offense to create margins in games as opposed to the defense taking it from a 6 to a 13-point game or 10 to 17. That's where I think there's a lot of regression coming. NFC is going to be pretty interesting this year. We didn't even mention the Giants. Got two top seven picks. It's the nightcap. We talked to Patrick Everson, top of the hour. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare 